Hey, parents, welcome to another episode of The Midweek. We are so excited that you decided to join us. My name is Scotty Beth, and I'm your host. Whether you are in the car line dropping kids off at school, you are headed to the grocery store, or you are on the treadmill at the gym, we are so glad that you decided to join us for 15 to 20 minutes out of your day. Today is another episode about partnering with parents, and our guest for today is the Brandon Forsyth. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, fellow parents. I uh, I am Brandon Forsyth, just like SB just said. I am a, the teaching pastor, teaching minister at Northside Christian Church, and I am a fellow parent. I have four kids, ages 18, just yesterday, 17, 15, and 13, and so that is that. that's me. Yeah, me. I'm I'm excited to get to talk to our parents. Love SB, so I'm excited to be talking with her. So thanks for thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being on the podcast. We are excited. Um, I obviously am one of the student ministers for your kids, but I didn't realize you were like fully in all the teenage years. Like Harper is 13, so it's yes. like full on nothing but teens. Sent oh. our kid first kid to college, so we're in that new oh, span of life. Ooh. That is wow. crazy. Well, um, thanks for telling us a little bit about what you do here at Northside. But how many years have you been here? What's your year mark? I have been, uh, last May, it was 21 years. Came here in 2001 as a young 23-year-old. Yeah, 21 years <laughs> oh, in Northside. I didn't realize that. Oh, man, that's crazy. All right, so 21 years, sweet. Yeah, 13 years in student ministry, and now, uh, what's that math, eight in uh, ministry specifically with adults. Yeah, so a lot of time with teenagers yep. over my span. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're an... Uh, are a vintage and an alumni, essentially. Um, well, hey, tell us, because um, yeah, some people know you and that's really great, but tell us what like a typical day at work for you looks like as the teaching pastor. Okay. Uh, people ask me this all the time because they always want to, like, what are ministers doing? Exactly. All you ever do is preach for 30 minutes. So um, no, there's there's so much, and it's probably very similar to a lot of people's uh, office-based like executive job. Uh, so uh, there is a ton of email uh, involved in some of that's business end, some of that's relational, some of it's people from the church with questions. There's all kinds of different things. Um, meetings. I have a lot of meetings and I have learned, especially over this last eight years, to to love meetings, want to invest well in those because when we have these unified conversations as a staff, then we we go from there. And so if somebody else asks me what's going on or like I'm, I'm always there to, to get, get somebody's back, to explain where we're trying to go, to cast vision. And so that's a big part of having those good conversations because we have, you know, roughly a, a thousand people calling Northside home, and yeah. that's a lot of different lives, a lot of different moving pieces. And so our our staff and our volunteer leads are trying to figure out what it was the best way we can meet people, love people, point people towards Jesus. And that takes some it takes some organization. Uh, the other end of that would be just constantly creating things. Yeah. <laughs> be that you know writing sermons, writing uh, various different. If we're sending letters out, if we're sending, you know, small videos, social media stuff during the week, helping create the gathering experience on Sunday morning. So there's there's a lot that that goes into play in that. But that's that is a, a typical work day, typical work week for me. Yeah. And then an occasional like Monday lunch, depending on where we pick for the rest of That's true. Maybe to shoot the odd podcast with yeah. the student master hey, saying, you know, you know, whatever, cool. whatever. <laughs> well, thinking about um, our demographic of parents, it's junior high to high school students. And so think back for you, what was one of your either favorite junior high memories or high school memories? So uh, junior high, I just skipped right over, right? I, I got this question ahead of time. I was like, man, it was, I know that there are kids that have a great experience in junior high. Mine was rough. I just, 
uh, cared deeply, way too deeply about what other people thought of me. I, I mean, I, I like to say I didn't even use the restroom at my school uh, for my whole sixth grade year because I was so scared some eighth grader was going to stuff me in a trash can, right? Like, no. so I, I was just too imaginative. So I'll just skip right over, had some great friendships, all that stuff. But it, those are hard years trying to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. My ultimate high school memory and just what I actually still miss a little bit is uh, being a part of the football program yeah. at Louisville High School up in the Dallas area. I just love the camaraderie. I still miss, I still see, I play adult soccer now and try to do these different things where I can still have that people working together as a team to do something. I get a lot of that at church, actually. <laughs> uh, um, so it's, I, I just, I loved that all of us unified in a goal to try to get either a ball across a an, an end zone line or stop somebody from doing that. And, you know, 70 men working together, young men working together to do that was really cool experience for me. Yeah. What position did you play? I played tight end and defensive end. Oh, and how much weight did you have to gain for that? So I, well, I mean, it, it, it's those are years where you gain a lot of weight. But by the time I came in at uh, probably as a freshman, 5'10", probably 170. And by the time I graduated, I was six foot two and uh, 225. So somewhere in that 55 pound range over That's the span crazy. of those years. I think, <laughs> but. Hmm. Yeah, I love I love the team aspect. And I, number one, I love watching football. So that's awesome. But there is just something about like I have a friend, she's a coach's wife, and she shares on her social media just about the family dynamic there. And I just mm. think it's, it's incredible. So speaking of family, um, you have four teenagers and driving is something that usually falls in the camp of the dad. Um, and so, or that's my experience. My dad taught me how to drive. Um, usually moms are like, oh, we can let your dad do this. Um, but who taught you how to drive? So it was, it was my dad. It was my dad. Um, and I think I have known moms that were the key trainers. I think it all comes down to in the family, the personality traits, (laughs) who has the ones where you're not going to freak out when stuff gets crazy. (laughs) You know, so I'm sitting there with my hand on the parking brake, like just waiting for one of the kids to like run us into a brick wall in a parking lot or something. And that's, that's not Mandy's vibe. Yeah. She's not, she's not that comfortable when I'm driving. So, uh, so throwing our 15 year old into the mix, not great. Um, but yeah, I this is a long time ago, so I was I was thinking about this. It's hard for me to remember. It was my dad for sure, and it was a little bit. This was uh, this was early '90s, right? I was a child of the '80s, so this was a little bit more like let it ride. Like he's just like throw me in with the keys and you know offer the occasional thought, but there was a lot of freedom. I remember he taught me. I knew how to do automatic. They were leaving town. He he taught me how to do stick in a single weekend. And then they just leave and I'm driving myself to work, driving myself to all these different places. And at one point got confused oh my uh, about where the clutch and accelerator were. And I ran into a nursing home. I <gasps> jumped a curb, accidentally hit the accelerator. I uh, did not have my foot on the clutch, ran, like caved in a brick wall. There was a bed on the other side of the wall. Luckily, no body in it. Uh, so I did not kill anyone as a 16 year old. But oh my uh, yeah, he was he was very trustworthy, right? Maybe maybe more than he needed to be. Yeah. But I learned a lot from that about yeah. driving an automatic and putting the clutch in and where the brake was. So I don't know if I've ever heard that story. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't share it all the time. It's pretty well, embarrassing. Thanks but for uh, putting it on the podcast. <laughs> That's so my word. So 1981 uh, Volkswagen Rabbit convertible. Uh, it had a, a spring bumper in the front. Not a single thing done to the car. Wow. It. We, I just drove out of the, uh, I, I dented the oil pan going over the curb. That's it. And my dad and I replaced it. Everything else is fine. The brick wall caved in. 
Holy Spirit really was like yeah. putting a hedge of protection around yes. you and the people there. I had come to preach. I, I was I was there as a as a sixteen year old to do the little Bible lesson at the nursing home. Oh, that my and they uh, they just sent me on down the road. They're like, "Hey, we're we're good. Maybe uh, have your insurance call us about repairing our building." Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is crazy. Well, that was a life lesson uh, that you learned. Uh, which so obviously um, you have four kids. What was it like teaching your first kid how to drive? Like getting in that seat and like really. Like it's your turn to be the dad in this in this scenario. So he is. Uh, this is Dane. He's a true firstborn, um, and so I I was going into it assuming he would be the easiest to teach. I think he was so focused on doing it well that he I actually didn't anticipate how fearful he was going to be. And so the big deal, and we're in like the Hofius Middle School parking lot, right? The very safe scenario. <laughs> But I mean, he would not go over five miles an hour. And it's just, I'm like, hey, so at some point we're going to be like in a couple of weeks pulling on to Kirkendall where they're dropping 55 and you got to be able to get, you know, so it was walking him through getting to that comfort level. And I like that he was being careful. That's much more than the opposite that I'll explain with the next question you're going to ask. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I just had to be ready for that. My next son uh, overly confident. The first time we ever let him give it a whirl. Oh, at, not shocked. <laughs> at Satan, if, if any of y'all know him, he, uh, love this kid. He's, he, we have some very similar personality traits, but, uh, we, when he was 13, his grandpa wanted to give them a chance to drive in a parking lot. Fun experience. Dane was being super careful. Like I said, he was 15 at the time. Aiden gets in one hand on the top of the wheel and just guns it. And I mean, his, his grandpa pulls the emergency brain. We're <laughs> like, what is, I mean, it's just immediately out. Like, yeah. dude, just, this is crazy. And so he was a little bit more aggressive, but, but we, we got there and it was, it was very careful. We have not run, hit a couple curbs over the years, but no, no walls thus far. That's good. And, uh, and currently then, uh, I, I got my next 15 year old Emerson, who is my first girl. It's either his dads are weird. There's something a little bit more yes. intense about it, but she's, uh, she's like my little buddy. We travel around everywhere together. She actually was the, uh, I'm trying to give her a big head, but the, of the three, her first driving practice experience was by far the best. She That's was awesome. the most natural, the smoothest. I was happy to see that the, the seat in my car goes up. I didn't know this. <laughs> so she actually could see over the wheel. I mean, she's, she's a tiny person. But yeah. uh, it's been good. We got a, a second one, I think, maybe a little overconfident. We got a little little dicey. Uh, there's a the moment where I was like, are we going to hit this wall or not? Uh, but it, that runs in the family, like yeah. I was talking about. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 going well. So I am current parents. If you're here, I'm with you. I'm currently raising up my third driver. Uh, yeah. it's, it's wild times. Yeah, I uh, there was one time I was driving on Kirkendall, and I passed Aiden. And I have to tell you, he had his hands on 10 and 2 and was very focused. So I was like, whoa, Aiden, okay, way to go, man. Thank you. Uh, thank, you're, thank you for sharing that. Wow. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Jo good job, Aiden. If you're, yeah. I know you're not listening to this, but if you ever do. <laughs> thank yeah, gold star, man. <laughs> um, so obviously, other than the life lesson of don't kill yourself, don't kill others, like what are some, I mean, those, those are- good, those, That's a good bar to start with. I mean, you got to. Uh, what are some other life lessons you have found yourself teaching your kids as you're driving? Because that's what we're, you know, we're wanting to help our parents take advantage of, of these everyday discipleship moments in, in areas of your life that you're already stepping into as mom and dad. And so um, just for a fun take, like in driving, what were some of those life lessons? One of the one of the things I think that applies over the best, and I mean, they, I'm just telling y'all, getting stuck with a preacher dad, right? Sorry, kids, <laughs> but I'm I'm always on, right? It's always there's always a teachable moment. I'm trying to be like Jesus. He liked teachable moments too. Uh, and hey, so all your parents, I know that we're in this game together. Uh, one of my favorite things was, and this is hard, I think, 
for all teenagers, I think especially teenage boys have traditionally some focus issues is, Hey, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I want you paying attention to all the people around you mm-hmm. at all time. And I'm not saying they're crazy. I'm not saying they're drunk driving. I'm not like any of that. They, they could be, uh, yeah. but I, I just want you to know, like, where are you in relation to everybody else? That applies over because I mean, that's literally part of being a good human, being a, a follower of Jesus Christ is like, Hey, there's people around you. Uh, where are they at? Like, how, how are they doing emotionally? How are they, are they staying in their lane? Uh, are you accidentally quote unquote running them over in conversations and other things? And so it was, it's been really good to have those. Uh, it's been really good for me to learn to correct and offer thoughts and wisdom, but, but trying not to just just nag them into driving yeah. now. So it's like, hey, I'm going to say that the, the, deal, the deal behind this is I know in the end you're going to be doing this yourself. I want you to be safe. So trying to weave in encouragement in the midst of, hey, I like the way that you did this. You came into that turn really well, but hey, you forgot the turn signal. And man, somebody behind you at some point could could hit you. So just be thinking about that because again, it's about the people around us. And so that applies to every aspect of human life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good take on that. Um, and so when you think about, you know, expanding past, um, teaching your kids how to drive, what are some practical things, some encouragement for our parents that you could give of capitalizing on these everyday discipleship moments? Parents, I don't know if you have shared this experience with me, but there gets to be this point in the high school year specifically where they're, they're becoming young adults. They got all kinds of stuff going on. They got their phones. They got all kinds of just extracurriculars, all these different kind of things. Their lives are busy and, and where our lives are busy and everybody's tired sometimes. And so sometimes I love that this is drive time with dad because some of the most perfect conversational moments take place in the car. Yeah. Um, they're trapped. We're trapped. <laughs> uh, if you take the time to, Hey, I'm going to turn the radio off. I'm going to ask everybody to put their phones down. Um, we, we have great conversations and even my kids, I don't want to even get into uh, naming personality traits and stuff. Even my kids that are a little bit more introverted, maybe don't always want to talk. The car is the ultimate place where they open up and talk about the day. And so please, I know traffic in Houston is crazy. I know if you live on Kirkendall is wild. Um, but instead of like, oh, this is so frustrating. This is annoying. If we take that moment in t- for intentionality and say, hey, we're together. Yeah. Let's use this. Let's be meaningful with this space. We some of the best conversations that we get home and everybody's right homework, blah, blah, it's gone. It's, yep. it's over. And so it's been a really good lesson for me is like, Hey, use this space well, because we have it and it can be, it can be discipleship space. It is. It's great. Absolutely. I love that. I love just how, you know, God was even intentional in that and how he allowed life to be created and the things that we engage in from day to day. Like he knew that this was an intentional moment. Um, mm-hmm. So thinking about your parents, you've given a lot of advice to our parents, which I think is incredible. Um, But what was, back to those junior high, high school years, what would be one thing you're thankful that your parents did or said that helped you during those years? So we were were up in the Dallas area, and uh, my mom consistently worked – either part-time or full-time jobs. My dad worked in downtown Dallas an, an hour and a half drive each day. And so we were, we were busy, you know, we played multiple sports. Like my sisters and I played sports. We're in choir. We're in all these different kinds of things. They were really, I'm going to go back to that word. And you might, if you hear me talk, you might get like, Oh my gosh, he's saying it again. But intentionality, they were really careful to have family dinners. 
uh, on a very consistent basis. We didn't have cell phones back then. That's how old I am. But like, like, so, but my dad would ask these, what I considered dorky questions that I love to this day as I look back, cause he was trying to find out the heart of who his kids were. Um, they did everything that they could to be at the, the small spaces, to, to go to the practices, to go to the games, to encourage. Um, and as the, even in the midst of our busy lives, as they lived out life together and I will, man, I will, I will love them my entire life because of this. They modeled Christ following. Um, they and they they took that very seriously. Uh, were they Im- imperfect, just like me? Yeah, sure. They made mistakes on uh, from time to time. But I can look back and say, man, I saw Christ reflected in the way that my mom loved and served, and the way that my dad loved and served, and the way they led us, and the things that they talked about, and the importance they placed on Christian community and on family togetherness and intentionality and I have tried to take some of those amazing lessons learned into my own parenting. So, yeah, that's that's what I would say as I as I look back. I love that. Family dinners is a big thing for my family as well. Um, well, Brandon, you have shared so many things, um, funny stories. I knew you would get some laughs, yeah. uh, but just want to thank you uh, for being a guest on the midweek and sharing uh, some some resources and some advice for our parents. Um, but, yeah, thanks for being the guest. We're glad to have you. Absolutely. And hey, parents, thanks for coming to hang out with us. It's Absolutely. it's a hard job, but you got this. It's <laughs> uh, We can do this, guys. We can. Y'all can. Well, parents, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Midweek. Uh, we just want to encourage you. What does it look like for you this week to capitalize on those everyday discipleship moments? We will see you on the next episode. Have a good one.